You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. This is Kirk Sumner, your host for NSPS Radio Hour. We were just having a, an off-air conversation there, so hopefully we're not too late coming in. But thanks for joining us again today. Um, I'm always eager to have young folks on the show, and and I don't know the exact age of my guest today, but um, having spoken with him and looked at his history a little bit and looking at his picture in the magazine I'm looking at right here, he's probably younger than both of my kids. So, Stuart Warnock, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Now, in, in Texas, is it Warnock or Warnock? Uh, Warnock. Warnock, okay. Just want to make sure we get that all correct. Uh, yes, just sir. for the audience, uh, I've asked Stuart to join me today. Um, kind of a follow-up, really, to some of the other things we've been talking about over the over the last few months. And uh, most of the listeners remember I had Anna Burroughs on a while back. Anna's also for a young surveyor in Texas. And uh, both Anna and Stuart are very involved in the Young Surveyors Network, and so um, always eager to hear from, from folks who are um, within that group, and especially people like like Stuart who've gone out and basically created a, a niche for themselves in, in the, our industry, our profession, um, maybe earlier than life in life than certainly some of the ones of us who are older, but um, certainly something to be... Uh, uh, applauded, Stuart. So I, I certainly do that, and and welcome you to the show. Well, thank you very much, and I'm glad to be here. Just for the audience' sake, maybe you can uh, give folks a little bit of information about your background. And uh, absolutely. So, so I um, I've been surveying for about 13 years now. Uh, still uh, still pretty fresh to the profession, but um, I've kind of I started with a rod in my hand and. Uh, kind of progressed up from there through the years and recently became registered and uh, began my own business, Uh, Pioneer Mapping. And uh, we do uh, basic land surveying and GIS services throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I was going to ask you about the the name of your company, and uh, just this is out of curiosity more than anything else, but one of the things that sometimes we in surveying uh, lament is that people don't um, warm up, so to speak, to to us as surveyors for whatever reason. And, and maybe that's not even true. Maybe we just think it's true. Um, but I was just curious if, if you had noticed any um, advantage, disadvantage, or, or maybe no advantage one way or the other with you having uh, named your company a mapping company. You know, I honestly haven't seen um, an advantage or disadvantage either way. Um, the general public uh, seems to not make that distinction um, as much as as much as you would think uh, on the land surveying side. So, uh, generally, I get calls and inquiries for land surveying work. Um, so no, I have not seen a, a disadvantage to that, and actually, that was a, a conscious decision uh, to do that and not center the company around uh, land surveying services only. Yeah, and, and actually, that's that's a really good point, I think, because the profession obviously is much more broad than what people typically think of as land surveying. Um, the ones of us who do it understand its breadth, but 
but maybe the people outside the profession don't as much. So that's probably a good idea not to 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 label yourself as a, as uh, in what some people would would consider a, a restricted group of activities. Um, although we're and I don't say that in detriment to any of us who are surveyors or our businesses, but we do always talk about the public's perception. So. If, if right. it helps to do something that that opens up more doors, then why not, right? Absolutely, and it's up to you know the, each individual situation. You can absolutely brand your company as a land surveying company, but we're not going at it with land surveying being our only focus. And, and likewise with GIS, um, the public at large doesn't really understand what a GIS is or that aspect of the profession. Um, so we, we don't label that in, in our name either. But everybody understands what a map is. So. Yeah, everybody knows what a map is. That's, that's true. Um, and, of course, one of the, the qualifications that you have is the Geographic Information Systems Professional, GISP. Um, maybe you can tell people a little bit about that. I think a lot of surveyors know it exists. I'm not sure they understand what one goes through to do it. And I'm not sure how many licensed surveyors are actually doing it although it's probably a good idea if we all did it. Um, so maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Sure. So I got that, uh, I believe, about two years ago. And I've always had an interest in GIS, and I've always used it as a, a valuable tool to, uh, to supplement our work. And that is kind of the GIS profession's answer to licensure um, and, and um, not necessarily enforcing the profession, but giving an avenue for professionals to um, seek a licensure and, and continuing education. And the requirements for that have really kind of changed in the last year and a half. Uh, when I became a GISP, it, um, you had to be awarded so many points for uh, building databases or other GIS tasks and activities and you had to have so many continuing education hours and you had to participate in the profession in some way. So it really was uh, quite the process to, to get that, and I understand that a lot of that is still there, but they're also uh, they have instituted an exam now. Um, and to be honest, I'm not particularly familiar with the exam or the process for it. because That, is that would be exam. something that worth checking out, though, because... Absolutely. Since, since the, the GISP actually came in to be, um, of course, one of the things that we do here at NSPS is interact with other national organizations. And, and so the, uh, the group, the groups actually that uh, have been involved in creating the GISP, and, and I guess is it still run sort of as a in conjunction with URISA, or is it, I guess it's kind of standalone. Uh, it sort of started uh, out I believe there. it. I believe it's standalone. Uh, I believe it's run by GISCI. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. A certification system. Right, and, that, and I'll have to check that out in terms of requirements because um, maybe those that change would make it more um, um, available to and of interest to more surveyors, perhaps. I believe it would. Um, I don't believe that the test was instituted as a barrier to entry. Um, and I believe it was more, um, well, really, just because they didn't have one, right? 
sounded when you decided to get into it did you um, go and do some not necessarily coursework at a school or something did you go to seminars and that kind of thing because I know those groups that that are responsible for GISP hold conferences and and actually they hold some pretty good conferences um, and I don't know if you're connected with them in any way or not but I was just did you go do that at all or were you I did pretty I did. well I, confident I, that you I actually had uh, some college courses in GIS as well as um, sort of continuing education and conferences um, uh, knowledge expanding activities and, and events that they put on and yeah. they are very good to attend Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've gone to a bunch of their conferences and and been around the stuff they do, and I, I've always been pretty impressed with that. But I, it it almost seems inevitable to me that moving forward, um, the GIS aspect of uh, our whole profession is something that that surveyors in the future, not to say that's not true today, but certainly moving forward, really need to to make that part of their uh, their skill set. It, it's a valuable part, uh, you know, and they're both tools, um, and they both complement each other. And GIS isn't going away anytime soon, um, so it, it, you can really benefit from implementing that in your operation, and your clients really benefit from that as well. They serve uh, two completely different purposes, and you know, the land surveying, traditional land surveying, is not going to go away. Um, there, there will always be a need for the cadastral portion and uh, the legal dispute settlement and case law. That that will always be under the purview of land surveying. And GIS is, is more of a, a way to visualize and understand different data sets. And when you really combine those two together, you get some really powerful tools. And just kind of looking at some of the information that that I had from you and some of the some of the projects that you get involved in it's it seems evident that, that that's something you've taken into account in building your business model for sure absolutely absolutely and we really try to to convey that to our clients uh, just about every client that I've ever worked with has been able to benefit from GIS in some way um, even if that is just tying their survey information to, you know, their asset information and really kind of combining that together. And then all of a sudden you have a spatial asset management database where not only they, they know what their company's assets are but where they are, and that can become a very, very powerful tool. Yeah, I just had the opportunity this past weekend. I was back in my little hometown visiting with my son and his family, and and uh, met a, the person who's responsible for the county uh, GIS there, and and we're talking really really rural. <laughs> you know, we're talking about anything metropolitan in any way. But but I was very interested in talking with him about um, how how it advanced really the GIS system has become there, and of course they're interested in making it it stronger and more connected to property surveys and all those kind of things. But um, I, I think some of the original, I'm not sure what the right term is to use here, and I'll use paranoia for lack of a better a better term, but I think some of that is kind of um, dying away a little bit with more integration of information and and broader understanding of, as you had pointed out earlier, what, what tools are which tools and how they're used in conjunction with other tools. Uh, it just seems to me that 
on on both sides, people are beginning to grasp that better. I, I know our guest last week was a guy who runs a huge GIS out in the Louisville, Kentucky area, um, it's, and it's a, a an entity that serves a, it's actually a sewer district, I think. But um, mm-hmm. you know they've combined all that. They they even have their geodetic control tied to the GIS now. So you know it's it's pretty interesting how people are beginning to to grasp that that we're not at odds with each other, so to speak. Absolutely, and it, it comes down to, to education, both at, both on the professional sense and, and to the public. Um, you know, those GIS parcels uh, are, are never going to be a boundary. Uh, that boundary is tied to the monuments on the ground uh, and the, the legal description of that tract. And everybody, all of us as surveyors understand that. Uh, but what a lot of us as surveyors don't understand is exactly how that GIS system works and, and what it is capable of doing. Um, just like when RTK GPS came out uh, you know, in the recent past, um, surveyors were hesitant to use it, and they had to become educated about, uh, about that GPS and what its capabilities were. And once they learned that, it became a tool that they were able to use. Right. Absolutely sure. Um, I'm, I'm monitoring our time for our first break because I know we got started a little bit late. I mean, the show started, but I'm not sure we started on time. <laughs> so I've, I've, uh, I, I, we'll take a break here in a minute or so just to kind of keep ourselves on track. But, uh, but yeah, you're right, and, and hopefully we're all beginning to see uh, where that connection is. And, and in today's uh, business model, uh, for almost anybody, it, it's becoming more and more important to to become expert, if that's the right word, in uh, in broader broader technologies. The way you've done with your company, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know, like we said, you know, maps aren't going anywhere. If anything, they're becoming more prolific. You know, they're on your smartphones, they're on on your computers every day. Even the average uh, you know child is interacting with the spatial information daily. And, you know, there are very few things that can benefit a company as much as GIS can, in my opinion, right now. Um, even we are keeping our, you mentioned them keeping their control in the GIS. We do the same thing. So yep. every job that we do, we keep that in a database, and we have a control database. And, you know, 15 years down the road, we're going to be able to have this huge control network across Fort Worth or Dallas or wherever we're working. So. Well, let's go do that first break, and we'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, 
get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie. The next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products. The sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on NSPS Radio Hour with Stuart Warnock today, talking about a, a variety of things. Um, w- one thing I forgot to ask you in the first segment, Stuart, was what led you to this path as being well, a surveyor GIS specialist? I've... <laughs> As I said, I started with a rod in my hand about 13 years ago, and that's still new to the profession, but um, old enough that I've been able to see things change over the last you know, 10, 15 years. And I really started to see the need for uh, that integration. Um, you know, it, oh, There's still been quite the push in the land surveying community to not uh, well, uh, almost animosity between GIS and land surveying. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that, that needs to go away. Um, we, we need to find a way to, to utilize both tools to better both the profession and our abilities to serve the public. And I, I really do think people in, in your generation of surveyors, um, generation in, in, in particular, or in general, um, uh, are, are that bridge, we've been talking about building a bridge, bridging the gap, uh, whatever terminology people want to use, for a really long time now. I mean, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been for a lot of years, and not only this job here, but as a surveyor for 50 years, basically. But um, we've been talking about that for a really long time, but I, I think the the underpinning of that bridge seems to me to be uh, people like you and the other folks that are in our young surveyors group, um, and, and not even if they're not part of our young surveyors group, particularly people like like you guys, because you've had that you've had that um, the experience of seeing the different technologies for most of your life, really, uh, in one way or another, and kind of getting a better understanding of how they all come together. So I, I really am encouraged and enthusiastic about that. I, now, when you were over at, at uh, UT Tyler, were you or had you already done some surveying by then, or did you do that right out of high school? I had. I started surveying right out of high school, and actually surveyed for for quite a few years before uh, before I went back to school. Um, for six or seven years, I had the pleasure of of working under RPLS sixteen eighty four in Texas, and we're up to getting up to seven thousand now. So he uh, he really helped kind of instill some some older values and, and traditional surveying in me. And then I decided that uh, I was going to make a career out of it and went back to school and finished that portion of it. And then uh, here we are. 
Yeah, well, as one who followed a similar path, I know how hard that is. Uh, <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't know your status maritally or, or if you have any children, but... But but I did before I started, and and it's it's a tough tough challenge. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a, it takes a significant commitment. Uh, you know, uh, luckily at the time I had no children and I was not married, so I was able to vote uh, devote most of my time towards towards work and school. But um, you know, as you say, it's it's a significant commitment. Yeah, it certainly is for sure. But but worthwhile in the long run, I think. Absolutely. It's extremely rewarding. Uh, very few things are as rewarding, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and that's really the way I've always felt about our profession in general. Is I mean, I, everybody on ever listened to this show knows my, my dad was a minister, uh, and it was figured out pretty early in my life I wasn't going to be one. But um, this this profession, to me, is is like it in the sense that we have the opportunity to have a positive impact on people's lives directly with with face-to-face interaction absolutely and and that's one of the things that drew me to it was i just thought it was such a great opportunity to be able to do that um and and then do something you like too because you know i guess all of us are numbers and technology geeks to some extent (laughs) or we wouldn't be doing (laughs) absolutely you kind of have to be yeah yeah that that's for sure um, you know, one of the one of the things that that led me to to getting in touch with you was the article you wrote for the September issue of the Texas Surveyor on uh, on the integrity aspect, and and I was very impressed by that article, um, and it, it made me want to have a, have a conversation with you about it because um, drawing that I don't, not distinction necessarily, but maybe connections a better word between the whole ethics and Working by the rules and the, the, whatever the, the the codes of practice are and those kind of things, and and then tying that into the whole integrity end of things, um, I, I just found to be a, a really interesting and, and worthwhile article. Uh, and you, you even coded Curtis Brown in there, who's kind of the the, the guru, I guess. <laughs> but um, I don't. Maybe maybe you'd like to talk about that a little bit. I don't know, but I I, I find it very interesting, particularly. Um, Coming from from anyone certainly, but but I was I was really uh, impressed by the article. Well, I appreciate that, and it's you know I don't know exactly how much can be said on the topic. It's uh, it's one of those things that's that's extremely hard to um, to discuss. It's hard to define. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, ethics are you know your codes and rules and. Uh, you have to go beyond that in the profession uh, to properly serve the public. Uh, you know, if we aren't practicing with with integrity, then then nothing else matters. And you aren't the one that defines if you're practicing with integrity. That's your your clients and the public, and uh, well, the public at large. And um, anybody that hasn't read uh, Curtis Brown's paper, uh, the professional status of surveyors, I'd highly recommend you read that. It's uh, it's a very good read. Yeah, that's for sure, um, and and so important in in our profession. That's um, we can we can be correct in our answers, but not always right. I guess um, right yeah. in, in in terms of the way we uh, we approach things. And um, I don't I don't think there's anybody. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's 
that's too broad a statement to make, but I'd say there's very few people in our profession who um, don't intend to practice with integrity. Um, right. I, I really don't think that's true, but I do think it's true sometimes that we get too caught up in the mechanics and the the um, uh, calculation, if you will, or or we in our numbers, you know, dependence on those kind of things, and mm-hmm. and maybe we don't look as broadly at the overall picture of things as as we we might ought to sometimes. Absolutely, it's, I feel like just like you, for the most part, we all practice with integrity and we go in with that intention. Um, it just needs to be to be reminded uh, sometimes that it does differ from professional ethics, at least in my opinion. Um, and we need to uh, to remember that as in our daily lives, uh, both professionally and personally. Yeah, we. Uh, I was just working recently with a group of people on an, uh, a model international code of ethics. Um, <coughs> excuse me, and it's getting pretty close to, to being together. And, and it's and it's you know it's mom and apple pie kind of stuff as you might expect because you can't set specifics on on something that broad. Uh, even on a national level, it's kind of hard to do. But the integrity side, you can't. Um, I think because that those would hold. Um, it's more of a personal thing, I think, than as you said, just adhering to some code that's written down. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate you writing that article, and uh, and I think it's an important one. Uh, maybe we'll get permission to reprint it sometime <laughs> from from TJ, because I think it would be a good thing for people to read. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, you're you're very very welcome. So, the big thing that everybody's talking about these days is the future of the profession. And we are wringing our hands, and we're looking for answers, and we're trying to figure out, I think in a lot, a lot of ways, we're trying to figure out what, what do we actually need in terms of moving forward in, uh, in numbers. You know, we, we talk a lot about the, the numbers of, of licensees dropping and the average age going wherever it is these days. And, and I'm still struggling with myself, not with anybody else, but within my own mind about with all these advancements in technology that we have and the educational opportunities that are out there that help people do broader things, the way you're talking about, you know, doing expanding and doing things outside the normal, quote, surveying activity, I... I'm having a hard time figuring out how many people we we need. I mean, our numbers are small if you compare them to any other profession. Anyway, um, I don't know. I was just curious on 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 somebody's opinion in in your situation of as you look around and see what's out there and mm-hmm. what do you think you about that? Uh, who knows what the future is going to hold? But I can tell you that I don't necessarily hold. Um, quite the uh, apocalyptic view of of surveyors and our numbers dropping. Um, Personally, I feel like it's more of kind of a natural correction uh, based on uh, efficiencies increasing, uh, other geospatial professions, you know, coming to light and really expanding. Um, You know, like I said earlier, we will always have the cadastral part of surveying. We'll always have the boundary law. 
Uh, and we'll I, always I hate to interrupt that. Stuart, but we're at that break we, we missed earlier. So okay. let's go take back. I'm going to follow up on this when we come back, though. So let's go take that second break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Attention surveyors. Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com. That's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com. And order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quick stakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we went to break, Stuart and I were talking about the the future of the profession, and I was asking the question about your perspective, Stuart, on that, and uh, we we do have a lot of hand-wringing and, and woe is me and where we're going in the future kind of thing and do we have enough people in the colleges and th- there's even a begin- beginning to be discussions now about the whole idea of um, the, the degree requirements and people questioning that because lack of opportunities or limited opportunities and limited numbers of professors available. Um, so you, had, you were making a comment before we went that, that you weren't so sure that apocalyptic kind of attitude was was the right one. Well, um, the numbers are obviously dropping, um, but as a young person who just went through the one of the programs, um, there is still significant interest, and there is, um, I, you know, that's one of those questions that's just so hard to answer. Um, <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> More than anything, I think we, we just need to stay on top of it. If, if we, if as we as an industry really feel that way, then it's up to us to change it. So, as surveyors, it's you know it's up to us to mentor and to continue um, garnishing interest in the profession. Um, you know, anybody can can go through college and become registered, uh, but. To really get somebody interested in the profession is a whole different, a whole different thing, and we really need to get back to our roots, in my opinion, of mentorship and really 
becoming involved with not only the public but the people that we work with. You know, in the past, the the registered surveyor was was part of the crew. He was working with the guys day in day out, and really helping to advance them through the profession. And unfortunately, to me, I think that's part of something that we're lacking now. Um, as far as trying to advance our own employees and, and get them uh, continually learning about something new in the profession. Yeah, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I, that mentorship thing was, I know for me, it's been a long time ago, of course, but for me it was the most critical thing to be in the field with the, with the person who was going to make the final decisions and see how they performed and what was important to them. Um, and and pulling all those pieces together rather than just say, well, you take the guys out today and and pick up this information <laughs> without having much uh, idea of what you were going to do with it when it got back. And it seems to me that, I don't want this to sound worse than I intended to, but it, it seems to me that the expectation that is there now when people are coming out of the college programs is more toward, okay, they've gone through the college, and so they should know everything when they come out, and and I shouldn't have to mentor them. Uh, you know, they should be good to go right off the bat, and that's just not true. I mean, that, that's, a, that's absolutely not true. There's still so much more to learn. Um, you know, they can only teach you so much in a, in a college course, and it's really up to us as professionals to continue building on that. Um, and luckily, you know, like I said earlier, I started surveying before I went to school, so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit backwards from a lot of that. But it kind of gives me a little bit of a different perspective on it as well. Yeah, and, uh, and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I, we've all heard the the term button pushers. I, I personally don't like the term, but um, it's it's up to us to ensure that they don't become button pushers or uh, just employees. You're, you're, you're trying to mold them to become a surveyor. So. And that takes some effort. I mean, it, it requires the, the professional to basically take an interest in those folks and um, make sure that they, they do get that type of input um, so they, regardless of where they're going to go along their path, Whatever it is they're doing for you is important enough that you want them to understand concepts and and all those kind of things rather than be, as you said, just button pushers. Yeah, and, and you know it it does take effort, but um, you know us as a profession are the ones that are are going to either reap the rewards of that or uh, you know the opposite. We're gonna we're gonna suffer because we don't, um, and it will it will in the long term the profession you know if you're not passing on your knowledge to somebody else to continue then I feel like we're going to run into an issue with that yeah one of the things I find kind of interesting and, and I'm sitting on a couple of advisory teams for a couple of the schools out there and one of the things I find interesting is how often they talk about doing recruiting sometimes even with their own within their own school for people who are in school but didn't come there to, to learn about survey mm-hmm. um, but they can recruit them at, once they're in school because they can show them applications maybe of 
where they were thinking that were different than what they were thinking, and and they're able to bring some of those folks into the program then, and and we end up with some really good surveyors out of that. Absolutely, and and I know several programs that have had pretty good success doing that. Um, yeah, very very few people, uh, especially younger people, really understand uh, anything about surveying, even you know what the general core concept of it is as far as you know practicing boundary law. And in my experience, you know, I've never set up my survey equipment for a young person and not had them interested in it. Um, so you really just kind of need to get them involved. Um, and recruiting, as you say, is a huge part of that. Um, I've had several interactions with Boy Scouts. Uh, you know, I, in XYHT this past month, I saw an article and that made me think of it. Uh, I believe it was written by uh, Frank Lennick. Um, and there's a surveying merit badge out there that, believe it or not, these kids have to, to learn a lot to get that merit badge. They have to set up equipment. They have to run a traverse. They have to close it. And I've done several camps with various groups. And by the time it's over, every single kid in that group is just gathered in a circle and extremely interested. And they want to know what their closure was. They want to know, um, you know, what their measurements were and, and how this equipment actually correlates to information. And um, I believe he suggested actually bringing the Boy Scouts to a college campus and immersing them with the students. And uh, I've never done that, but I believe that's a fantastic idea. I think that could have great success. I would agree with that, and, and you know, we we sponsor the teams that go to the the Boy Scouts Jamborees, um, and have I guess I got involved in it back '89 or something like that, and mm-hmm. a couple of us actually ended up rewriting that merit badge, merit badge handbook, and and our groups updated it a couple of times since then um, mm-hmm. because it wasn't focused back then the way it is now obviously um but it was such a rewarding uh program to be a part of and and you're right everybody i talk to who participates in the kind of things that that you're doing always come away with this great sense of of people who are interested and and the the types of people we're looking for they're inquisitive they're smart they they are interested in results i mean it's just a a a good place to do recruiting and um, I'm a little surprised we don't have more people uh, in our profession who are willing to go out and uh, attach themselves to their local Boy Scouts group and and help them with that kind of thing. Absolutely, and and not just Boy Scouts. You know, it's it's up to us as professionals to recruit the next generation. You know, if you don't like the guy coming in off the street, then then go find the one that you want, and and teach him the way that you want him to be taught. And uh, career days, um, you know, school presentations. Uh, those are all great avenues to to get interested people in in the profession. Uh, uh, that good luck with uh, without that. Um, one of our our young surveyors, Brady Stanford, just uh, and uh, a gentleman named Tim Pappas just did a a career day in West Texas, and I haven't had the chance to follow up with them to see how it went, but I'm glad to see that uh, more and more people are getting involved with it. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about the stewardship circle that that I read about that you're involved in, have been involved that, in. That is a, a national park um, group um, for 
environmental stewardship and sustainability. And it's a, uh, basically it's for uh, donors and people that are interested in preserving the national parks, which is a huge, uh, very important thing to me. Um, obviously, as a surveyor, I, I enjoy being outside, and I love backpacking, and I feel that we need to do what we can to preserve those environments. Is that um, an educational kind of thing for young folks, or is it a, a, a an activity that people no, who have interest in more of a, It's more of a charity, a volunteer organization. I see. Uh, people okay. have an interest in. So is the is the emphasis to um, do some type of uh, data gathering in the parks uh, that would help on on the preservation side, or? I have not done that yet, but I have thought to to volunteer that or you know to to bring that up and see if that's something they might be interested in utilizing. Um, it's it's more a, uh, a financial contribution to the parks and volunteer okay. uh, cleanup efforts, uh, new trails, uh, facilities, that sort of thing. I got it. Yeah, well, that that intrigued me because at, being surveyors, when you're talking about national parks, that that always rings a bell, of course, yeah, with absolutely. Uh, with all of us. I think as we're as we're going through our our lives and things that we're interested in. But that whole mentorship thing you're talking about, whether it's Boy Scouts or whatever the case, and I've talked on the show about other activities people can get involved in at their local high schools and different places. Um, but I think it's just one of those things that, again, um, perhaps. The, the younger generation of surveyors will will pay more attention to than than maybe we have done as the as the older group, and realize how important it is to do that outreach um, at any age. But that's always the big question: when do we start recruiting? Well, I guess there's no time frame really. It's it's more about opportunity. Absolutely, it's, it's absolutely about opportunity. Uh, I just I feel like that's something that we need to constantly be reminded of. It's it's real easy to get wrapped up in our day to day work and our tasks and, and furthering our own um, professional lives, our families and everything else. And it's real easy to forget about, you know, what's going to happen whenever I'm moving on to the next thing. Um, you know, I, we, have to, we have to train our replacements. So we constantly need to remi- be reminded of that. Yeah, and we we got 30 seconds before our break, but it brings me back to something. I think I was talking to somebody on the show about this last week. It's We can't depend on anybody else to do that. We got to do it, and yep. and it's it's great to hear. Uh, and and I've heard this from a lot of the other folks in the Young Surveyors Group that have that same sort of stewardship attitude, and and that's very uh, encouraging for the future, regardless of of numbers or how many we need. Well, let's take our last break, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes and do our last segment. So we'll be back. Attention, surveyors! Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, 
get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. One of the things I wanted to talk with you about Stuart is uh, we mentioned this early in the show is the whole Young Surveyors Network and how impressed I am with that that group of folks and their energy and their interest and wanting to integrate into and and be leaders in carrying our profession forward and I'm I'm really enthusiastic about that and I know you guys just finished up the fall uh, Texas Society Professional Surveyors Conference and maybe you could fill us in on what you guys did there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are having fantastic success with that here in Texas. We've had a great response, and uh, we just had our yearly um, state conference here a few weeks ago, and we shared a booth with NSPS, and thank you for that. And we held uh, various events throughout the convention to kind of uh, gain interest and, and let everybody know that we have this this push going for the young surveyors right now. Um, one of the, the first night of the convention, we had a, a social hour, and we actually had over 60 attendees show up. Uh, lots of students, lots of young professionals, and, and they were all very interested. And there have been just, I, I can't even explain the response that we received. Um, it was more than we anticipated. And throughout the convention, I believe we ended up with I believe it was a little over 40 uh, new members to the, the Young Surveyors Network. So we're going to follow up with that with uh, different events and, and really kind of getting everybody together uh, throughout the state. That's very impressive, for sure. Um, now, typically when I go to TSPS conferences, there's usually a fairly large presence of students there. Uh, they seem to be quite active uh in TSPS or TSPS involves folks. And I, I'm assuming that continues to be true. It is. It is, and they and they participate in helping out with the conference. They're they're a big part of, of having things put on, and they were uh, extremely interested in, in what we were doing. Um, not just from a professional contacts point of view. Uh, but as far as being able, to, as new professionals coming in and not really knowing what to expect, they're really looking to um, fellow young professionals 
for, uh, you know, as we said, mentorship and advice um, and, and just guidance as far as uh, what to expect throughout their careers. And so that's some of the things we're really trying to facilitate is, uh, you know, chest preparation, um, you know, really giving these, these young people entering the profession a contact who's been in the profession for a little while that they can reach out to with questions or advice. Um, and they were they were very receptive to that. Yeah, I think that's so important because one of the things that all of us in the in the association, for lack of a better term, association business, we have state societies, national societies, local chapters, whatever. There's always a concern about those organizations being able to perpetuate themselves and do the job that we they were intended to do, which is to you know enhance the profession and help the public better understand who we are and all of those things. So it's it's in, very encouraging to see so many younger people being involved, and and I'm hoping that we collectively, nationally and state and locally, will begin to get more people in the young surveyor group involved in our leadership structures at earlier ages, because oftentimes I'll speak for NSPS, for example, mo- most of the folks who come on our board have been a president of their society before they ever come on our board. Mm-hmm. And and that automatically means that we've reached a certain age most of the time. <laughs> so so it's it's really important I think for associations all up and down the line that we get more younger folks into our, our leadership structures and help us make the right decisions moving ahead um, with input from from people who are living that now, you know, because so many of us are at, toward the end of our profession, and we're living the profession, but we're not not living that early stage of it the way young surveyors are. So, um, I'm hoping that all of our entities across the board will will bring more young surveyors into the leadership structure. Absolutely. Whether even even to the officership side, uh, I, I can remember when I was in my 30s, I did, I didn't think I was too young. Maybe I was, but 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 I uh, I think uh, just just from an educational perspective and the the understanding of and interaction with all the and all the things you were talking about earlier the the broad array of things that are available in the surveying profession now just having folks who actually are living that and seeing that in the leadership of the organization I think is is extremely important. Absolutely, I'd agree. So, in our last segment here, I did want to ask you a little bit about some of the some of the things that you are doing in your company. Are you, you with all the things, the broad array of, of things you do? Like most other surveyors, you got to have some really cool surveyor stories. <laughs> well, I don't know about uh, about cool surveyor stories. Uh, it's, uh, we've had some pretty pretty cool park projects that I've uh, had the pleasure of working on, and and am still working on. Uh, some pretty uh, pretty good brain twisters. So, uh, one of our uh, clients approached us, wanting us to uh, take all of their their national grid maps and combine them into a GIS system, uh, which is about as intimidating as it sounds. Um, there's <laughs> about there are about uh, I believe about fifteen thousand uh, different AutoCAD drawing files that they are wanting um, converted over and. 
the value to them on that is, is having everything in one system where they weren't able to do that before. And unfortunately, uh, they went quite the distance down the, uh, down the other path, and they've been using these grid maps for quite a while now, so it's going to be a fight to, to get it all put together. Um, but it's a, it's a learning experience for us every day. Um, so is it a, a, some sort of integration of a lot of different data sets? Or? It is. So they have um, these base maps show them basically where their fiber lines are um, and so how many strands there are, where, the, where their poles are, and their overhead sections. And they're basically overlaid on the street maps uh, with various asset information um, that would normally be... Uh, tied into a database, so we're trying to figure out how to how to actually get all that into the database. So then that makes it easier for for them, I guess, to to manage their assets as well as just simply define them. Obviously, so that that makes sense. It is. It is. It it, it will make it easier for them to manage, uh, easier for their field personnel to to locate their assets and um, to keep track of them as far as a, um, well, as far as the financial aspect part of it. So uh, coming from the, from the perspective of, of the work you've done and your background and all those kind of things, do you find yourself looking for projects where you're going to be able to integrate things like that? I mean, um, obviously you do um, typical boundary surveys and that kind of thing, too. Um, I'm just curious if you're always on the lookout for how to pull things together. And one of the reasons I'm asking that question is, uh, I think it, last week we were talking about on the show that I'd had some contact with uh, the, the property records people and trying to get all surveys tied into, like, GIS systems for the counties and everything. And mm-hmm. so I was just interested from the perspective of somebody in your situation are you looking at those things too when you go to, to a project? Or are you thinking, well, how do, how can I make this fit into a database, or is there an opportunity to help this client understand what they, it would do for them and those kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not necessarily um, always on the GIS side of things, and I, and I wouldn't say that I selectively look for projects for that. But I'm constantly looking for ways to um, improve the situation of my clients, whether it's. Uh, from incorporating their land survey data into a GIS or uh, maybe incorporating some LIDAR data into their data set or uh, coming up with some different workflows to help them kind of automate things in the future. Um, anything anything you can do to help your clients, obviously, is going to help you as a professional. So, yes, we do constantly look for that. Do you find in a lot of cases that some of that information, we're talking about LIDAR and other data sets, um, is a lot of that already available where you can pull that into your work, or does some of it have, I assume some of it at least has to be recreated, but by and large, there should be a lot of information out there that you can pull in. There is. There is not, uh, there's not LIDAR data for Texas. I know Louisiana actually flew uh, LIDAR data for the entire state, but we don't have that. So uh, it really kind of depends on the project. You know, we can get the standard aerial data um, there's some different state uh, agricultural data that we can pull in, uh, but by and large, it, it's kind of 
depending on the project, we might have to go out and get that ourselves. Are you looking, like a lot of other people are, at the whole UAS, UAV thing as, as a tool? We are. We absolutely are. And, and we're looking at it as a tool. I don't personally believe it's going to be a, a game changer for our industry, at least not anytime soon. Uh, I think it's a tool that we're still trying to figure out kind of where it fits in. And we do not have a UAS, uh, a Pioneer mapping yet, but we are kind of looking at different platforms and kind of keeping it in mind, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's going to be, um, I guess, the next wave of, you know, when we went from pulling chains to distance meters and all those kind of things. You always have those tough decisions to make about, you know, when is this going to become uh, a practical thing for me to use as part of my, my toolkit? Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that's that's always an interesting one to deal with. And um, But I think you're right, the whole U.S. thing. Everybody gets excited about the newest in technology, but you got to really stop and think, how's it, how's it going to affect what I do and how's it going to enhance what I do? And yeah, exactly. How how is it going to to benefit me or my clients, or and how can we incorporate it? Uh, and even if the, even if it's just a, a value add situation, so you go out and and fly a high resolution aerial of your client's site, uh, they see that. So there is definitely a benefit there. Uh, we just aren't sure how we're going to incorporate it yet. Yeah, and those are those are the. That's why you get paid the big bucks, right? You got to <laughs> you got to figure out how all that's going to work as as you're yes, moving sir. forward. Well, we're forty seconds or so out from having our show over today, so I want to make sure I thank you for being with me today, Stuart. It's been a great pleasure having you join me and hear your perspectives and and um, as as one of those people who's in the Young Surveyor Group. And um, uh, anytime I talk to Young Surveyors, I'm encouraged about the future. I'm, glad, I'm so glad to hear that, and I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, it's been been great to have you, and I look forward to hopefully getting to meet you before we come down for our meeting next next fall, but if not, uh, certainly by then. So, again, thanks for being with me. I appreciate it so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care. Great. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.